Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join pastors Michael and Heather Jarreau and their passion to help you live out your best life. We hope you enjoyed today's encouraging and uplifting message. Good morning. That was a long video. It's very full of info though, isn't it? <laughs> so good. Welcome to church, everyone. I'm so happy to see you. We're going to say goodbye to Citizen Kids as they go downstairs. Super excited. Yeah, clap it up for them. One week from today, our Citizen Kids Choir is going to be up on this stage performing for all of us, so that's exciting. Happy Thanksgiving. How many of you are still digesting? Yes? Yes, somehow we still get hungry after that day. But I'm, I'm excited also to say Merry Christmas. Can you believe it's the first Sunday of Advent? So exciting. So such a, a unique year where Thanksgiving happens and then we're like in it, aren't we? We're all in. So uh, maybe that's scary for you. Maybe it's exciting for you, <laughs> depending upon how the holidays are for you and your family. But I'm excited because here at church all month long, each and every Sunday, we are going to be celebrating Jesus, the real reason, right? The reason around all the other things. And so um, hopefully you'll join us because on the 15th, we have some special stuff planned. I already said the 8th, um, Christmas Eve service at 6 p.m. on Tuesday night, the 24th. So if you're in town, bring your friends, bring your family. It's a very quick one-hour uh, thing, but it's a very special uh, time for us as a church family if you're in town. So hopefully you'll join us for that as well. Are you ready as, uh, to begin our new sermon series for Christmas, Born is the King? Awesome. Why don't you open your Bibles with me this morning to John chapter 1. We're going to read verse 9 through 14, and while you open your Bibles, I'm going to just say a quick shout out to everyone who's joining us on CH Live this morning. We're so excited that you're with us, and we know that God has something especially for you this morning as you listen and tune in, and as he does for each one of us here in the room, right? Awesome. Well, I'm going to begin reading in in verse 9, John chapter 1. It says this, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the the right to become the children of God. And they are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us, and he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this first Sunday in December. Father, we thank you that today you have something especially for each and every one of us, God, that your word is alive and it's powerful and it's transformative if we engage our faith and believe what it has to say. So, Father, we invite you right now in these moments to Show us something new, to reveal yourself in a new way, God, that this holiday season 2019 would be full of love and joy and family and friends, but full of Jesus for each and every one of us here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, the Christmas story is the greatest love story ever told. Did you know that? 
The Christmas story is about the pursuit of you and I by God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, the beginning of all that is coming after us in, in, in an ultimate and wise plan to bridge the gap between man and God. Sinful man from Adam and Eve at the very beginning, right? We were created in the image of God with a free will. So Adam and Eve went ahead and messed it up for all of us. And from there, God instituted his plan of redemption. And his chosen plan is Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. You're in my king, right? If you're a believer, he would be your king. If you're new to faith, welcome and let's talk about it. And maybe by the end of today, we'll, we'll be able to have you join the family. But you know what? Jesus is not a religion. Christianity and following Jesus, this journey that we embark on as believers in Jesus, is not a religion. In fact, religion was created by man as a way to control man through shame and fear. But Jesus came to reestablish relationship with human beings, with mankind, men and women, and turn religion on its head. Because a relationship with Jesus is not about what you and I need to do to get to God. It's a story of what God was willing to do to get to us. God in the flesh, leaving his throne, stepping off of his throne, and taking on the form of a human being and living a life and feeling what we feel and going to sleep at night and waking up in the morning and living a perfect life, right? Come on. Going through all the emotions of being a human being yet remain perfect so that he could pay the ultimate price for our eternal relationship, but not just eternal, our abundant life here on the planet. The few years that we have to kind of begin that relationship and to grow in our faith and to make a difference on the earth. So, like I said, a relationship with Christ is not a list of rules and regulations. It's not boxes to check. It's not traditions. It's a relationship. So I want to open our Christmas series, this Christmas season, with a little bit of an encouragement. Does that sound good? That's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about two different thoughts today. And get on our holiday game face. Do you feel like you need a holiday game face sometimes? Yes. I know I do. There's just a lot of chaos. A lot of things. Just found out one of my sons may, my baby might still just be at home. All alone. <laughs> We're a man down this morning. Everyone went, Michael is at the other campus and I'm here. And we have a missing person. So he's with dad. You saw him physically go. I don't know. No. It's not enough. We need visual. Come on, men. We need a visual. <laughs> so I'm going to get up here not knowing where my baby is and talk about Jesus this morning. All right. My son is out there making phone calls frantically. All right. Somebody might be cut out of the will today. All right. Thought number one. <laughs> thought number one is it's all about Jesus. We know it's all about Jesus, don't we? But sometimes as human beings, it's really easy to slip into a form or a thinking that makes it kind of all about us, isn't it? It's all about Jesus. Our text says it so perfectly in verse 10 and 11. It says, he came into the world, the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. And if you're anything like me, 
I read scriptures like this and I have to ask myself the question, am I missing Jesus? Is he right under my nose and I'm missing the beauty of what he's brought into my life? Have I so decided on the plan that I have for my life that I'm not willing to let things go and allow him to override some of those things as my king, as my Lord? Because like I said, this isn't a religion with boxes to check. This is a relationship with the king of kings. And there's a few things God knows about himself. Number one, he knows he's God. Number two, he knows that he's right, and he doesn't really need our approval. So this process of being in a relationship with Jesus is a process of inner transformation where I let go, and I submit to his will in my life and allow that transformation to take place. You know, I've never been happier than living in a relationship with my creator but I've never been more challenged either in my own personal faith. Because as human beings, we are human. And it's easy to make it about us, right? It's all about Jesus, but it's easy to miss him right in front of us. How is it possible that for generations, the people um, at the time that Jesus was born had waited for him, you know? And, and then he's there, and he's growing up, and he's among them, and they missed him. Is it possible for us to do the same? Is it possible for me to decide who Jesus should be in my life instead of allowing him to be who he is in my life? Come on. Am I looking to fit Jesus into my preferences? Or am I accepting him as king? Am I putting my faith in him, allowing my life and my identity to be transformed according to his will and not my own? According to his will, and not my own. You know, it's interesting because Jesus doesn't have to do another thing for us. He came, he lived, he died, he's done it all, he rose again, amen. He's already won the victory, he's just waiting for us to walk out in faith and believe that everything that we have is paid for, basically. But we get a little fussy sometimes, don't we? when things don't quite work out the way we think they should work out. It's so interesting to me because oftentimes we have these conversations where, you know, as believers we believe and we trust God, but then things don't work out and we kind of take a break, right? We kind of get upset. We feel like, God, I've been doing this and I feel like maybe if you could just come through in this area. And God says, my ways aren't your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I have your eternity and your very best in mind. Trust me. We have this happen at our house sometimes. Similarly, it's when my kids say to me that I owe them money. Sometimes this happens. If you're a parent, have you ever had this happen? It's the strangest thing, right? Because they take all the money out of your wallet all the time. You're always handing out cash, right? And then, you know, you're standing there and you need to, like, tip the driver or tip the pizza guy or something. You're like, hey, does anyone have cash? And they hand you the cash and the, and the person goes away and then they look at you and they're like, you owe me money. Oh, didn't know we were keeping lists. This talk never goes well. This talk never goes well. I, I owe you money. Oh, okay, well, here's the thing. You can't afford to live with me and dad. But because we love you, we allow you to live with us for free. And also, we made you. So there's that. <laughs> to which they hang their head and say, yeah, you're right. Well, can I just have $20 then? for the movie. 
which we say, of course, next time just ask. Don't tell me I owe you. But we get like that with God, don't we sometimes? Well, God, I did this, this, and this. You really need to come through here. But it doesn't always work that way. We get a little bit fussy. Let's be reminded this Christmas season, it's all about him. His timing is perfect. His thoughts are perfect. Our job as believers is simply to believe, to, put our, to position ourselves inside the will of God by agreeing with his word, by believing his promises, by engaging our faith and trusting him and knowing that he is going to work all things, all things, all the family dynamics together for good to those who love him. Amen. And in those moments where maybe you're missing him, you're going to find him. And he's going to bring peace into the moment where you bring peace. And he brings hope into the moment, you know, that, that you need hope. And he brings a word in the moment where you need to minister to that loved one of yours that doesn't deserve it. But you have supernatural forgiveness through your relationship with Jesus. You have a supernatural love that goes beyond the wrongdoings and the, and the, and the, you know, walls that we build as human beings in our relationships, you have a relationship with Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Let's not miss him. Amen. It's interesting to me how we just need to trust him, right? That's that whole thing. It's just the whole fight of faith, the whole Christian journey. Your whole walk and spiritual transformation is dependent upon this idea of trusting him and faith. And it's this cooperation as we embark in a relationship with Jesus that his grace provides, right? But we engage our faith. And even then, our faith on our own is given to us by him. And I want to read this to you in Hebrews 12, 2 from the Passion Translation. It's such a beautiful picture because sometimes living a life of faith can feel hard. And, and I say this gently, but I want to encourage us that if living a life of faith feels like it's hard, I want you to change your perspective. Because sometimes when we're just focused on ourselves and our problems, and yes, that's our stuff. How can you not be? I want to encourage you to put your focus on him. The Bible offers us this solution. It's how do we really do that? Well, it's through meditation on scripture. It's through worshiping, not just here at church, but at home, maybe in your own car, right? Download some music that you can worship to. But changing the atmosphere, your personal atmosphere, to be one of faith. And suddenly the walk of faith is not hard anymore. It's easier, not because your problems have disappeared, but because in light of God's greatness, in light of his goodness, in the midst of a storm, you can experience peace in relationship with Christ. Hebrews 12, 2 says this, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. So we take our eyes away from the natural, even though those are real circumstances, and we don't ignore them. We know that it's happening, but we don't fixate on that. We make the decision by faith to 
fixate on Jesus, fixate on his power, on his plan, and control the things that we can, because there's a lot in life that we can't control. But the one thing we can control is our proximity to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Our humble, your humble heart, your humble response to his voice in your life, the time that you take to get your mind right in the morning before you go over to your crazy relative's house. You know, you are control of this. We fix our eyes on Jesus because he birthed faith within us and he leads us forward into faith's perfection, it says. It says his example is this because he did this for us. Look at this. His heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He got through the cross. He got through a human life. He was for the joy that was set before him, knowing that there was a chance that you would be his that he would be able to be restored to a relationship with the sons and daughters that he created caused him to be able to walk the road that he walked, the road of humiliation, the road of crucifixion. And it says he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation. And now he sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. You are the object of his affection this Christmas season. You are the object of his love. He has set his love upon you for no reason except that he loves you. He has chosen you. Christmas is all about Jesus, and Jesus is all about you. You are the focus of his motivation, which leads us to the next, the next thought that I want to leave you with today, and that is Jesus is for everyone. Amen. He's the gift and he is for everyone. But here's the thing about a gift. We have to accept it. We have to accept it, right? It says this in verse 9 and 12 of our text. It says, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. As children, we avoid or excuse me, we enjoy full access. You know what full access means? Come on, full access. And you have no idea when your babies are little and confined to their little carts and carriers because they grow into giant humans who will fully access everything that you own. Fully. When Easton, my 10-year-old, who may or may not be, you know, Thank God. Okay. Sorry we all had to live through that together. <laughs> like, I need to know where he is. I'm the worst mom ever. Um, okay. Well, all right. Back on track. When Easton has his friends over, he doesn't, you know, come up to the door and say, now, guys, welcome to my parents' home. He's like, hey, guys, you're going to come to my house? He doesn't pay the mortgage. He throws the door open. The, back flat, the backpacks go flying. The shoes go flying. They rip open the door. They never close it because they're not paying for the air conditioning or the heat, right? They just rip open all the doors, and they run in, and the pantry's open, and the fridge is open off the hinges, and they're digging into the food. No one's like, is it okay, Mom, if we use the Wi-Fi or the game system or all the things, right? Nobody's asking that. Hey, I'd really like to chip in this month for the cleaners because I think it's about time I'm pulling my weight around here. 
No, they're my children. They're my children. They're not wondering if their bedroom is still in place. They're not curious to know if this Christmas season, their stocking with their personal initial will be on the mantle. They're our children. They're my children. And as children of God, we sometimes question God. And he says, no, you have the right to be my children with full access to everything that I have, yet you sit back and you question my goodness. You question my ability to know what is best for you. You question my existence in the little ins and outs of your life. And here I am, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of the universe, who's ready, willing, and able to reach into the darkest place in your life, to bring peace that passes understanding in the midst of a storm, to bring hope to hopelessness, to bring healing to brokenness. His name is Jesus, and we are his children. We have full access. The gift of Jesus at Christmas time is a reminder of God's invitation to each and every one of us every single day. Aren't you thankful for Christ? As believers, we can celebrate and remember at Christmas, but we remember every single day. Jesus is for everyone. But we must accept that gift. Did you ever have a gift that was given that was awkward or hard to accept? Because sometimes we're not good at receiving. Do you ever think about that? As the recipient of God's gracious love, there's something about paying my own way that we kind of like. It makes us feel better about ourselves, right? It kind of, frankly, feeds our pride a little bit. Michael and I had this situation where we were in Seattle and we were at a restaurant and we had just become pastors over this church that was being planted and we were sitting in a restaurant and the waitress that was serving us came up and was like, oh, there's a group of people over here and um, they're just leaving, but they paid for your dinner. And it was a really nice, it was a really nice restaurant. And so we felt very like... I guess we're weird. I don't know. We weren't like, yeah, yeah, you know. It was kind of like, okay, do we go over there? Do we talk to them? Okay. And so, you know, a couple minutes go by and we're like, really? And they're like, yeah. And then we look over and the people had left. So we had a decision to make. Do we believe the waitress and say, okay, the check is paid and live in the reality that our bill was paid and get up and leave the restaurant and live in that reality? Or do we stay there and question it? and talk it over, and double, triple check, and ask to see the bill. I don't know. Sometimes it's like that with us in our faith. Jesus died for your, not partial, but complete freedom. And we like to kind of question and wonder and say, no, it'd really make me feel a little more comfortable if, Jesus, I could pay a little bit of my own way. And Jesus says, no, this is the deal. The deal is this. It's a free gift. And it's for you, but you must receive it. If I told you I had a $100 bill in my pocket that I wanted to give it to you, what would you have to do? You'd have to reach out, and you'd have to take it, and you'd have to put it in your pocket, right? We have to receive the gift of Jesus. We receive him. Trusting in God works the same way. 
And sometimes it can be difficult to accept God's promises, can it? Especially when they don't fit neatly into our human, <laughs> our human categories, right? We can't explain what we see in the world around us all the time, and it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it doesn't make the reality of God's goodness and preeminence untrue. It's our perception. It's been interesting in this um, series that we just finished about kingdoms and about eternity, how the perception of our perception of reality on the planet is so you know, finite in comparison with eternity, right? And it's kind of gotten us all thinking. If you were here for some of that or you can catch up online, um, go and click on those sermons and listen to those. But it kind of it was a sobering message because it makes you realize how little we really have to do with eternity, but how important it is that we respond to God in this life. Amen? Jesus says, I am the gift. Receive me and just Trust me, even when it doesn't look like it should, even when you've got the weird, funky family dynamics, even, 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 trust me, that's what you can do. That's what you can control. That's what you can contribute. Come on. Living in relationship with God, our creator, is true life here on earth, right? It is the best life. In fact, I would challenge anyone who says living, you know, living Christian life is hard. No, living without God is hard. Living with a relation, in a relationship with Christ opens my options, doesn't limit them. It opens my options. It allows me to be my best self, my most healthy soul, my most, most healthy spirit, my best self. John 10.10 10 says that Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. Amen. He is the gift and we get to choose to receive him. I want to close this morning, just in these last couple of moments, if you would bow your head and close your eyes, I'd like to pray. As we begin this Christmas season, I just want to pray over all of us that we would have just a blessed season, that we would have clear minds, that God would help us to receive the gift of Christ as much as we can right now, right here in this moment, each and every one of us, whatever the situation and circumstances that you're facing, no doubt in a room this size, there are as many different stories as we have people, but the Holy Spirit is present and he sees what's in your heart. He sees what's on your mind. And we serve a God that cares about these details in our lives. So I just want to pray over you. Father, I just thank you right now I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you that we have a right to be your sons and daughters, to have full access to all of your hope, all of your peace, all of your joy in a season where we might be experiencing anxiety or fear or loss or pain or real human emotions. God, I thank you that you're not afraid of any of those things. In fact, you created us with real human emotions. But Father, we lay these things at your feet and we choose to trust you in the midst of all of it. To receive the gift of Jesus. To make it all about you. And not about what we expect or our own timeline or a certain preference. Father, I just pray for every person here, God, that there would be an abundance of grace upon their life. An abundance of blessing. An abundance, God, of love. Father, that they would sense your peace in their situation. They would see your provision 
exactly on time in the exact way that they need it. Father, we thank you that you are Emmanuel, the God who is right with us in the middle of our stuff. And God, you're not afraid of it. You're not afraid of any of it. So Father, we thank you right now that you're here, that you're ministering to hearts, that you're bringing healing, you're bringing comfort, you're bringing peace in Jesus' name. One more quick prayer I just want to pray. If you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, like I talked about earlier today, this is not a moment to join a church or to join a religion, but rather to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ who made the way for us to be in relationship with God and to have all those things that we were talking about. And I want to lead us in a prayer right now. And maybe you're here this morning, you've never prayed this prayer before. We would love to know that as we conclude this morning. But with every head bowed, we're going to just repeat these words after me and just say, God, we accept you into our heart. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Wash me clean. Make me new. I receive the gift of Jesus. Forgiveness of sins. An abundant life. Father, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's clap for those who just made that decision.